We began last week talking about hearing the voice of God, and particularly through the life of this young boy named Samuel, the voice of God. Of course, our text that we read last week, I won't take the time to read it again, but chapter 3 of 1 Samuel, it's this fascinating story. And in our text, in our text, the Lord calls out to Samuel, this young boy. And the Lord calls to him, Samuel, Samuel. And he arises and he says, here I am. But he thinks it's Eli, the priest, talking to him. So he goes to Eli and he says, here I am. And Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And he goes back to bed and, and just a little while longer, the voice comes again, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel runs into Eli and says, you called, here I am. And Eli says, I didn't call, go back to bed. And then a minute later, the, the voice comes again and, and, and Eli is getting really annoyed. And Samuel comes and runs into him again and says, you called me. And the Bible says this time, Eli discerned something, that the Lord was calling the boy. And Eli told Samuel, he said, the next time you hear that voice, say, Lord, your servant hears. It's a beautiful story of God calling a young person into the ministry of the prophetic office. We don't know exactly perhaps Samuel's age, but clearly a minor, young teenager perhaps. But the call of God, this is not my point today, but... I do want to underscore the reality that for all of our children and young people, you can hear the voice of God. You don't have to wait until you're old to hear the voice of God. God is speaking and God speaks to people no matter their age, if they're open, if they have hearts of faith. I think it's important for all of us to be listening for the voice of God. It's a beautiful story. Samuel, of course, becomes prophet and priest, one of the few in scriptures that operate in both of those roles. Samuel is seen throughout this story in various places actually offering sacrifices and going through priestly rituals as a priest, but we also know him as a prophet, the prophet Samuel. Samuel is the one who anointed King Saul, that first king of Israel. Saul, a man who was head and shoulders above everyone else, a large man, a big man, a humble man when Samuel found him. He was out hiding among the stuff and Samuel finds him, calls him, and anoints him to be king over Israel. It was many years later Samuel went to the house of Jesse to anoint the next king of Israel. God had lifted his anointing off of Saul and he had placed it on a young man, David. And it's Samuel still in the office of prophet. And typically, as you read through the story, uh, in, in many cases, it's, it's the priest that anoints the king, not the prophet. So again, you see Samuel functioning in these dual roles. But nonetheless, Samuel goes to the house of Jesse and... Um, while he's there, he tells, he tells Jesse, he said, the Lord sent me here to anoint someone to be king. And so, of course, you can imagine the, <clears throat> the proud father lines all of his boys up and, you know, he's excited because, you know, surely it's the oldest one, you know, and, 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 and Samuel walks by and he walks past the oldest one and he walks past the next one and he walks past, and he walks past all of them. And then he says, do you have any more sons? Because the one that God wants to anoint is not here. And Jesse says, well, we do have, we do have this, this young kid out in the field, David. And, and Samuel says, bring him here to me. And when David stood before Samuel, Samuel said, this is the one that God has called. Samuel had cultivated an ability to hear the voice of God. Although circumstances would have dictated one of these other young men would be king, 
Samuel had cultivated and he had fine-tuned his spiritual ears so that he could hear the voice of God. This was the life of a prophet. It was the life of Samuel. Hearing the voice of God as God would speak as he was the spokesperson for God, a man who was dialed in and tuned in to even the whisper of the voice of God. That was Samuel the prophet. But this is not where the story, story begins. The story begins in chapter 1 of 1 Samuel. The story begins with Samuel's mother, a woman named Hannah. Many of you are familiar with this story. Hannah was barren. She could not have children. In those days, there were very different norms and customs that they lived with. And in those days, of course, to not have a child was really, um, well, it was a shame to a woman. In fact, it would place her perhaps even in some different categories socially. She would not be considered blessed. Her child, of course, that she did not have could not be heir to the family wealth or family name. And, of course, her husband had another wife who was able to have children. And the Bible says that the other wife would taunt Hannah. Hannah was actually the preferred, the favorite wife. And I know all of this sounds strange to us, but in the ancient Near East, this was all very customary. And Hannah lived in this world, she lived in this world where her value was determined by her ability to bear a child, and in particular, a male child. She was unable to do so. And it became a heavy burden to her. It became burdensome. It became a toil to her. And Hannah, Hannah lived with this sense of being downcast. Hannah had this impossible situation. This was not like maybe even you may experience, and I certainly don't want to downplay that, but it's not even like we would experience if we are in a situation where we can't have children. This had everything to do with hierarchy in society. It had everything to do with how she's going to provide for herself if her husband passes away. It has everything to do with her economic standing. This is not just merely the desire to have a child. It's about her future. It's about her livelihood. It's about her entire identity. And so Hannah, Hannah comes to the house of the Lord to offer sacrifices. It's very nondescript at this point where the house of the Lord is, what the house of the Lord is. It's a very interesting study. But nonetheless, they come to this place known as the house of the Lord where Eli was to offer prayers. And she is there praying in the house of the Lord and she's there and she, the Bible describes her and Eli perceives her to be as if she were intoxicated. She is so heavy burdened that her mouth is moving but words are not coming out. And she's there as if she's in a stupor. She is, she is there because she needs to hear that voice from God. Hannah is downcast. She has an impossible situation on her hands. There's nothing that anyone can do for her. There are no doctors. There's no fertility specialists. There's nothing she can do. She is stranded. She is stuck. And she needs to hear a word from God. Eli the priest, after he confronts her because he thinks she's drunk and she says, no, I'm not drunk. She said, but I'm troubled in my spirit. I'm pouring my spirit out to God. Eli then gave her a word from God. Eli heard that voice that he had heard from God before. And he said, woman, this time next year, you'll have a child. According to the time that it takes for you to bear a child, you will bear a child. And guess what? The story came to pass and Hannah's testimony is simple. She had a child. We're fast forwarding through this story for the sake of time. But Hannah's testimony is very simple. When you don't know what to do, 
And when you are out of answers, and when you are out of resources, and when nothing less than a miracle will do, and when there's no hope, and there's nothing you can do from a human standpoint, and there's no one that can help you, and there's nobody you can borrow from, and when you're desperate, and when you need a miracle, a word from God can change your life. It was a word of God. It was by the word of God that everything was created that was, that is. The word of God is able to penetrate into the darkness and begin to sort out things and to begin to create and say, let there be light and there is light. And to say, let there be this and that. That same word of God is still creative today. God can speak into a dark situation. God can speak into the nothingness of your life and into the brokenness of your life. God can go where you think there's not an answer. And when the word of God begins to work and begins to move in your life, the word of God fills in the missing place places. The Word of God extinguishes the darkness that's in your life. The Word of God, it brings healing. The Word of God, it brings hope. And this is why the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. If God says you are healed, then you are healed. If God says you are delivered, then you are delivered. If God says you have a future, then you have a future. If God says you're a son or daughter, then you are a son or daughter. If God says you have an anointing on your life, then you have an anointing on your life. There is power in the Word of God. One Word of God can change a life. One Word of God can change a destiny. One Word of God can change a family. It can change a church. It can change a city. It can change a nation. The Word of God can change the world. That's why we need to be able to hear the voice of God. And Hannah went in desperation. Hannah went in desperation before the Lord. She needed something from God. She needed God to speak into the impossible. She needed God to speak into the helpless. She needed God to speak into a situation that no human being can remedy. Can I tell you this morning, you may feel like you have an impossible situation. And you're saying, preacher, you don't understand. And you're probably right, I don't. But by definition, a miracle is something that we cannot accomplish. A miracle is something that defies the laws of nature. A miracle is something that is supernatural. It is above and beyond the natural order of things. Physics says one thing, but a miracle says another thing. Science says one thing, but a miracle says another thing. Medicine says one thing, but a miracle says another thing. Your generational background and the curses and the addictions and the patterns say one thing, but a miracle says another thing. Can I tell you the Word of God is able to pierce. The Word of God is able to disrupt those broken family systems. And the Word of God is able to break chains of bondage and chains of addiction and chains of depression and chains of oppression. The Word of God. We need to hear the voice of God. You can chase your dreams all you want and never hear the voice of God. You can be successful and never hear the voice of God. In fact, I think chasing your dreams is a pretty bad piece of advice. You need to chase the voice of God. You need to tune in and hear God. You need to tune in and find out what God is saying because whatever God is saying for you is good for you. It's beneficial for you. It is liberating for you. The Word of God. Listen. 
We need to hear the voice of God. What America needs is to hear the voice of God. We're not in need of another political party or a particular candidate. What we need to hear is the voice of God. We don't need another press conference. We need the voice of God. We and our families need the voice of God. You can figure it out. You can wrestle with it. You can try. But ultimately, it's the penetrating Word of God that you need to get into your stuff and into your life and into your job and your career and your relationships and your future. And you need to get it in your past and deal with that. And You need to hear the voice of God. The voice of God. This story teaches us so many important lessons. But since we're dedicating children today, Samuel learned how to hear the voice of God because his mother heard the voice of God. Now break it down real plain for us, okay? And once she heard the voice of God, it changed her life Forever. And after she heard the word of God, Hannah made a lifelong commitment from one word. She wasn't waiting for Eli to come back with another word. She wasn't waiting for a traveling prophet to come through with another word. One word. And it changed her life forever. One word. And she made a lifelong commitment. You can have the boy, I'll take him to the, to the temple or the tabernacle, the, that house of God. It's kind of nondescript, but you give him to me and I'm giving him back to you. One word of God. One word of God. Forever commitment. Forever changed. Forever consecrated to God. I would ask, I would like to ask, have you followed through on the word that you have already received from the Lord? Are you walking in the word that God has already spoken to you? If you have known him, if he has called you, if you know that he has good things for you, if you know you need to be baptized, if you know you need to receive the spirit, if you know you need to make consecrations, if you know you need to say yes to a calling, if you know you need to repent, have you made a commitment to the one word that God has already spoken to you? If you need a word from the Lord today, I want to ask you likewise, are you willing to respond to what God says with a lifelong commitment? Are you willing to say, I am committed to whatever God says and it will change the course of my life? Or do you just want to get rid of the pain that you're in right now? If you're willing... And see, God knows this. That's why He spoke to Hannah. If you're willing to say yes and forever yes, you're a lot more likely to get a word. The point is, when we come to God, we come with absolute surrender. We come with absolute commitment. We come with absolute consecration. We come with a desire to say, God, whatever your word says, my answer to this is yes. It's not yes, maybe, kind of, sort of. It's not give me a blessing and I might think about this. It's not deliver me from my pain and then maybe. No, no, no. The life is built on the word of God. If God said it, I believe it. If God said it, I'm committed to it. I want to hear the voice. The voice of God. 
Hannah also shows us the impact one generation can have on another generation. Hear me clearly today. When moms can hear, when moms can hear the voice of God, their children are more likely to hear the voice of God. When Hannah hears the voice of God and she's dialed in, it's more likely that Samuel's going to be able to dial in and hear the voice of God. When parents make commitments, their, ch- their children grow up in commitment. When parents live holy, their children grow up in holiness. When parents prioritize the kingdom of God, their children grow up in the church. When parents live in compromise, their children grow up in compromise. And when parents live with inconsistent commitment, their children grow up lukewarm. Here's the danger. Parents have had an experience with God in some former life years ago. And they live on that testimony. They know what God can do. They know that God is true. And they have the experience living for God that they can play on the edge and they can be lukewarm. And they can be this, that, or the other and noncommittal because they know how to get back. But if you raise your child in that environment, they don't know how to get back. And you'll scratch your head at 18, 20, 25 and think, what in the world happened? What in the world happened is they weren't taught how to hear the voice of God. Now, there's a lot of situations and every child has to make their own decision. And every child makes decisions that, that, you know, sometimes are not good. So it's not always the responsibility of a parent what happens to an adult child. But what I am saying is that when parents are able to hear the voice of God, their children are a lot more likely to hear the voice of God. The reason that Samuel could hear the voice voice of God was because his mother heard the voice of God. We have Timothy because we have Lois. The voice of God. Samson, or Samuel rather, could hear the voice of God because his mother put him in an environment where the voice of God could be heard. She dedicated him to the Lord, said he's going to live in, the, in that little tabernacle thingy the rest of his life. That's where he's going to live. She put him in a place where he could hear the word of God. You can put your kids in a lot of places. I want to challenge you today. Put your kids in an environment where they can hear the voice of God. There's many good things out there. There's many wonderful things. There's many recreational things. But when life gets tough and brokenness strikes and things are difficult, they're not going to need to learn how to swing a bat. They're going to need to know how to hear the voice of God. Put your kids in an environment where they can hear the voice of God. Get your kids in an environment where people will recognize the hand of God on their lives. Where an Eli will say, hey, I discern that you've heard the voice of God. Put your kids in an environment where there's people that love God. Get your kids in an environment where they are, where when they are uncertain as to the voices they're hearing, there's an Eli that'll say, let me tell you what that voice is. That's the word of God. But they'll also tell you, don't listen to that voice. That is not the word of God. Get your kids in an environment where the presence of God is readily felt. Get them in an environment where they can hear the voice of God for their lives. When moms and dads hear the voice, the children learn how to hear the voice. It's a false sense of security for those of us who are older to hold on to a witness of a testimony we had 30, 40, 50 years ago. But this is not a message only for parents. I'm hastening. I know the time. This is not only a message for parents, but we have an obligation as a church to a next generation. 
That's why we built a building bigger than we need. That's why we give to missions. That's why we start daughter churches. We have an obligation that is bigger than we are. We're not doing this so we can be saved. I hope we got that part settled already. But we have a mission to leave behind a spiritual inheritance, a spiritual legacy. When people encounter New Life Austin, they need to encounter a people who can hear the voice of God, not just a people that can move in worship or not just a people that can organize a group or put together a picnic. They need to encounter a group of people who can hear the voice of God. People that are dying in to what the Spirit is saying to the church. This house must be a house of prayer. This house must be a house of worship. This house must be a place where the broken hearts are mended and the troubled minds are calmed and where the marriages are restored and where hope abounds. We must be a people who are committed to godliness and holiness. We might be able to get by with lesser commitments and make it maybe into heaven based just on our testimony. However, the next generation will not be so fortunate. They need to hear what we have heard. They need to feel what we have felt. They need to experience what we have experienced. Get them in a place where they can hear the voice of God. I want us to stand. I know we're running out of time. Some of you have children downstairs. I want us to pray. The voice of God. There's a lot of voices out there right now. There's things that are speaking to us. There's things vying for our attention, for our minds, for our money, for every. It's just there's voices everywhere. You've got to be able to get through all of that and hear the voice of God. The voice of God. The voice of God. It starts in this book. If you need something from Him, get in this book. He's already declared so much. If you need, if you need salvation, He's declared it in this book. If you need comfort, He has declared it in this book. If you need hope, He's declared it right here. If you need encouragement, it's here. If you need to know how to be saved from your sins eternally, it's right here. If you want to know how to have a relationship with God, it's right here. And I could go on and on and on. And sometimes there are those special circumstances Junctures in life where there's not seemingly a specific word. It's in those moments that when you listen, you can hear the voice of God. Samuel, Samuel, you may not know what it is. And you go to the wrong place and say, you called me. We go to earthly things mistaking the voice of God for the voice of earthly things. We hear the call of God and we run to a relationship. Or we run to a bottle or we run to a drug. We may even run to ministry and to involvement and to doing things. We may even mistake serving God for a relationship for God. Samuel. Samuel. We need to be able to hear. And we need to be in an environment where godly people can say, that's God. That's God. 
If he's speaking to you this morning, your answer is yes. Some of you have been struggling with him. Yeah, we've been right here before. You get to this point, you know it's that thing. He's been speaking to you for weeks, months. Some of you for years, you know there's a step that needs to be taken. But you're white knuckling the back of the pew in front of you. The answer is yes. The answer is yes, Lord. And whatever he calls you to do, he will enable you to do. And I want to challenge some folks here, if he's ever spoken to you, whether through this written word or through the other ways in which he speaks, I want you to renew your lifelong commitment to that word. And if you need a word, I want to challenge you this morning. By faith, make the commitment up front. Whatever it is, God, my answer is yes. Can we bow our heads in prayer right now? I feel His reassuring presence in this house right now. Hallelujah. He is in this room. He is in this room. We feel it. Various ones of you are feeling it. It's bubbling up. If you need the Lord, if you need a word from Him, I want to invite you to come and pray. You don't necessarily have to come to the front. Of course, we have COVID going on, and I don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable at all. You can pray right where you're at. But if you'd like to come to the front... Some of us will gather and pray with you. We're not going to embarrass you, of course, in any way, but we will pray with you. You need a word from God? You have an impossible situation and you need a word from God? A word from God can be a door that He opens for you. It can simply be a, go this way, child. It can simply be a, don't go that way, child. A word from God can be a confirmation. The word of God can be a roadblock. The Word of God can simply be a reassurance. I love you, child. I love you. Could we pray now? Lord Jesus, I thank you for your everlasting Word. I thank you today, Lord, for your powerful Word. God, there's people in this room that love you very deeply and have committed their lives and have followed you with everything in their spirits. Lord, some of those people need a word from you today. We recommit ourselves to your Word. We recommit ourselves. That's it. Make that consecration. We recommit ourselves to your word today, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. That's it. Lord, I make a consecration to you today. Lord, that when you do speak, I will, I will consecrate it all to you. Whatever you ask, I will say yes. Wherever you direct me, I will go. God, I give you my life today. Parents, make that renewal for your home today. I know it's tough being a parent today. It's a challenge. But would you make that renewed consecration? Lord, you have my home. You have my ears. I want to hear you, Lord. I want to hear you, Lord, so that my children can hear you. I want to put my children in a place where they can hear your voice. I want that voice to flow freely in my home, in my relationship with my children. I want to hear the voice of God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, I surrender. Yes, would you say that? Would you surrender to Him? Hallelujah. I want you to linger and pray. 6.30 tonight, communion service. Invite you all to be here for that. Linger and pray. Listen for the voice of God before you go tonight. Listen, listen for the voice of God.